We're going to stick and stay teaching on kingdom principles, and today we're going to be diving into the benefits of belonging, the benefits of belonging when it comes to our kingdom principles. Uh, and we're going to be diving into a couple scriptures here, but uh, the main theme that I want to pull from is Acts chapter number 6. Now, we're not going to uh, be there consistently, uh, but Acts chapter number 6 just kind of dives into the story or the theme that we'll, I would want to kind of stay in, the benefits of belonging, because from the beginning of time, God intended for us to build relationships with one another. Being alone is not an inherent part of human nature. This is very important here. I'm going to pause here because remember when God created Adam, he said it is not good for you to be alone. Now, we must remember this, that Adam was not alone. Who was with him? God was with him. But yet God said it's not good for man to be alone. So then God intended for man to have somebody with him. All right? It intended for man for God to have somebody with him. So never get caught up in the trap of trying to tell yourself, I'm fine. I don't need anybody. I've got God. All I need is Jesus. Just Jesus and me and everybody's all right. No, you're not going to be okay. You need somebody. You need some help. It is the will of God for you to not go through this journey all by yourself. You need some help. And so God has also given us gifts that are to be used within the church to exalt him and strengthen the unity of the body. This passage found in Acts chapter number 6 will emphasize the importance of unity within the church. Wherever there are people, there will be conflict. It may be conflict between family members. It may be conflict between co-workers. There may be conflict between close friends, distance acquaintances, and even sometimes conflict between members of the church. God intends for us to work to reconcile these differences. But sometimes a mediator is necessary. It is the will of God for you to be able to go to your family, your friends, your co-workers, even those here in the church, the body of Christ, and be able to reconcile your differences. That is the will of God. For you to be able to go to your brothers and sisters and say, hey, I've got a situation here, and I need to talk to you about that situation. But sometimes... The situation calls for a mediator. The mediator should not be your best friend that's taking your side. That's not a mediator. A mediator has no bias on either side. So if you cannot find a mediator that has no bias, then that's when you come to your pastor and to your wife. And don't go up to your pastor and wife saying, oh, he likes me more. So he's going to treat me a little better in this situation. Sometimes it calls for a mediator. As the early church grew, so did the diversity of personalities and cultures. Within any local community of believers, we would expect there to be as wide a diversity of people as exists within the community. Now, let me break that down. Let me explain that. Because the question was once asked, how diverse should a church be? That's a good question. How diverse should a church be? Well, my answer to that is a church should be as diverse as the community is. Some, some churches cannot have diversity because their communities are not diverse. You cannot live in certain areas, have a church in that area, and then expect the church to also be multicultural where there's only one particular culture in that area. But if you do live in a city or an area where they're all multicultures, then your church should reflect the community. So no matter who walks into your church, they should feel like, I belong here. 
Now, sometimes that takes time. Sometimes that takes development. And that also takes intentionality. Oh, yes, it does. Take some intentionality. But your church should reflect your community. Someone should not walk into the church and say, oh, I don't belong here. Mm -mm. Amen. So that is important for us to understand. Why do I say that? Because Tippecanoe County had a 7.8% population increase from 2000 to 2010. I want you to listen to these numbers. Almost an 8% increase from 2000 to 2010. It has had over a 20% increase from 2010 to 2020. That's a big jump. Now, the diversity index score, some of you don't really know what that is, but that's okay. At Tippecanoe County, it's up to 52. That is up from 34 from 2010. So in 2010, the score was 34, but the 20% increase brought up the diversity index score to 52. Okay? Now, that's due largely in part, to, there was the black community increase by 63% from 2010 to 2020. The Hispanic community increased by 44, excuse me, Hispanic or Latino increased by 44% from 2010 to 2020. But, but here's the thing. The current population right now in Tippecanoe New County is a little over 201,000 people. All right? But here's the kicker. They anticipate the county to grow by over 20% in less than five years. Now, that is a tremendous jump. That is a tremendous jump. In less than five years, you're expecting it to grow. Church, it's revival time. <laughs> Can I pause here for a moment without teaching for a moment and say, church, we better get ready. It's harvest is upon us. Harvest is here. It's here. It's revival time. No matter who walks into these doors, we need to be ready. This is my church. This is where I belong. And beyond that, we need the Holy Ghost power in this place. We need the Holy Ghost power in this place. This is why the whole body needs to work together to promote an atmosphere of unrestrained love and mutual respect. When each member of the body feels loved and respected, lasting change, changing ripples, that, excuse me, that lasting change ripples across the greater community. This is exactly what Brother Hurt was speaking of when he was talking about honor. Pastor Harpo, who came, he was speaking about honor. He was talking about honoring your leadership. He was talking about honoring your pastor and wife and his family. He was talking about giving honor. I want you to understand this. If you need to write this down, please write it down. There's a difference from respect and honor. You can respect someone so-called but not give them honor. So Pastor Harpo was talking about honoring the pastor and the wife and the leadership. Brother Hurt came by and said, honor everybody. It doesn't matter who they are. doesn't matter where they come from. doesn't matter if they're young, middle-aged, or old. Give honor to everyone. Because if we don't honor them, how can we honor the spirit that's within them? And when we start honoring the spirit that's within people, I'm telling you, harvest is coming. Revival is upon us. So we, let's talk about this. Let's talk about the benefits of belonging. 
on your iPad, your tablet right here, follow along even in your script here, the importance of the community. See, being a part of a church community and the answer should come up on the screen. So if I go too fast, every answer will come up on the screen right behind me. The benefits of, uh, excuse me, being a part of a church community is an essential element of our spiritual formation. When we are part of such a community, we are grounded. We are grounded in faith and enriched by the relationships built among our church family. The Bible says in the book of Acts chapter number 5, starting at verse number 42, it says, And daily in the temple and in every house they cease not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. Notice they didn't just preach Jesus Christ in the temple, but they also preached him at home. So this is very important. As you know, I have questions that you can consider later because the emphasis of these lessons is for you to carry on throughout the week so that it can sustain you throughout the week and also weeks to come. Each individual, church and every individual in the church, forms the collective worldwide body of Christ, each fulfilling a specific role within the body. So you need to look at your neighbor and say, you matter. Yes, you do. You matter. You have a role in the body of Christ. You have a role in the body of Christ. Because there are privileges in joining the body of Christ. How many are thankful that you are a part of the body of Christ? You ought to be thankful that you are a part of the body of Christ. There are privileges in the body of Christ. When God transforms our lives, when God transforms our lives, we are baptized into the body of Christ. Known as the church, this group of believers, both in our local church and globally, functions like a family. We function like a family and blesses us with love and support. With love and support. Amen. The Bible says in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter number 12, starting at verse number 12, the scripture says, for as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body, being many are one body, so also is Christ. Christ is one. In this passage, Paul compared the church to a human body. The body has many parts that work together to carry out functions. In this body, Jesus Christ is the head. And we work together as he directs. Just as a body can't function without its parts, we need each other. We need one another. The church family provides us with support to grow and flourish in this new spiritual life. The church is, everyone say, a family. The church is a family. We fight together and we win together. The church is a family. Some churches like ours maintain the tradition in which members are referred to as brothers and sisters in Christ. Many people don't understand why we call each other brother and sister. People think that's unusual, strange sometimes. But no, when you are drafted in to this body of Christ, when you become born again of water and of spirit, and you become a part of the body of Christ, you are my brother and you are my sister in Christ. And we should look at each other no other way. Amen? 
My father taught me a long time ago. He would appreciate this if he's listening. My father taught me a long time ago. He said, he said, son, when you become a pastor, you have to view every single person that is younger than you in that church as your daughter, the young girls as a daughter, the young boys as a son. You should view all those that are older than you as a mother and as a father. If you view them that way, then you will treat them that way. He was trying to instill into me a principle of how I should treat and love the body of Christ. He was trying to get me to understand. He said, see, if you view them that way, those that are younger and those that are older, in that manner, your flesh won't get the best of you either. That's good teaching, not just for a pastor, but that's good teaching for every member of this church. Mm -hmm. Because even when a spirit of lust comes upon you for somebody that you know you shouldn't be looking at, see, you're not viewing them as a brother or a sister. You're not viewing them the right way. But God, help us that we may view our brothers and sisters the right way in the Lord. And see, when we view our brothers and sisters in the right way, you'll treat your brothers and sisters the right way. Right? You won't shun one and praise the other. But no, they're all equal in the eyes of God. And we must treat each other as equals. Amen. Amen? And so I got on my soapbox. Somebody said, where am I at? I'm going to just start somewhere. The church family provides us with support to grow and flourish in this new spiritual life. The church is a family. Some churches like ours maintain the tradition in which members are referred to as brothers and sisters in Christ. We recognize we are all joined together with God as our heavenly father. Jesus died for who? He died for all of us. Jesus died for all of us. And the body of Christ loves and welcomes all. Our church, SCC, is committed to the same inclusion and unity. As such, we will seek the Lord's help in overcoming any differences and joining together and worshiping God and serving the mission he calls us to fulfill. The efforts to walk in faith can make us weary if we do not rejuvenate our spirit through spending time with other believers. The body of Christ is designed to regenerate its members just as the physical body regenerates cells. The Bible says in Romans chapter 14, verse number 19, it states, let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace and things where with one may edify one another. It is in our mandate, it is our mandate as Christians to love and encourage each other. Galatians 6.10 tells us that we should do good to all people, but even more to those who are within the community of believers. We should treat one, teach, excuse me, treat one another even more so as we do those that are outside the body of Christ. Words should never come out of your mouth saying, my friends in the world treat me better than those in the church. It shouldn't be that way. If it's that way, there's a problem then. There's a problem in the body then. If you're treated better outside these four walls than you are inside the four walls, or you feel more welcome outside the four walls than you do inside the four walls, then there's a problem in the body. Amen? And that probably has to has to be reckoned with. And trust me, that happens at all ages. That's ages. That's not a teenager problem. Mm -hmm. That's not a kid problem. 
So don't be looking up here in the front row saying, oh, bless our kids. No, bless everybody here in this church. Because everybody in here may have gone through a period in your life where you didn't feel included in the body of Christ. No one should feel that way. No one should feel that way. Because in the time of trouble, you should be calling a fellow believer than one of your friends in the world. You should not be seeking counsel from people outside the body of Christ before you seek counsel inside the body of Christ. Did y'all hear that very clearly? I'm not speaking against counselors outside the body of Christ. I'm saying that's not the phone call I'm making before first I go to the great counselor. And then I find counsel within the body of Christ. Because how can someone give you good counsel if Jesus is not their foundation? How can someone give you good counsel if at the end of the day it's not for reconciliation? It's not to point you back to the scripture. Because those outside the body of Christ will never point you back to the scripture. But this is where our counsel begins. It begins in that book. It starts there. When we seek counsel, when you seek help from people, the first things out of our mouth should be what the Bible says. What the scripture says, it should never be what I think we should do. Amen? So it's important to to understand and grasp those concepts. So the Bible says in Galatians 6.10 that we should do good to all people, even more to those who are within the community of believers. Let's take a look at John chapter number 13, verse number 34 and 35. The Bible says that Jesus stated that by loving fellow believers, the world will see this denomination or, excuse me, this demonstration of love and that they would know the true followers of Christ. We cannot fake our way through the process of loving someone. True love motivates us to go beyond our comfort zone and do things we normally would not for the sake of the one. We love. In fact, we cannot say we know God if we do not love others. We cannot simply ignore our physical bodies when we are hurt or have sickness. It must be medically, or excuse me, it must be medically, that must be medically treated. The same is true for the body of Christ. When one member falls into sin, we do not just ignore it. We address it and help minister to that member. This is important for us to understand, all right? We do not abide by the world's concept of snitches get stitches. All right, so a few people over here understand that and about 10 of you over here understand that. Okay? We don't abide by that concept. See, see, see we don't want to tell on somebody even though you could be helping that somebody. I'm sorry, but if I see one of my brothers or sisters, it goes back to that, that needs help but has fallen into sin, I'm not keeping my mouth shut. To know that something can happen to them later and I'm the one that knew what was going on and I could have said something, we should always be willing to speak up on behalf of our brothers and sisters. I'm not talking about speaking up on social media. I'm not talking about speaking up, spreading their gospel all over this place. I'm not talking about speaking up like that. That's not speaking up because that's not giving help. That's not help. That's actually damaging the situation. But I'm talking about where you go to God in prayer and say, Lord, what should I do right now? Lord, who can I confide in? Lord, give me an opportunity to speak to my pastor or my pastor's wife so that we can help my brother and my sister. Amen? 
Happy birthday, Sister Natasha Davis. Let's clap our hands, Sister Natasha. Happy birthday, dear sister. Praise God. Someone said you're 23 today. Amen. You don't look a day over 22. No, no, no. We, we, we speak up for our brothers and sisters. I don't need you to say yes, amen, oh yes, oh, no, no, no. I need you to get this in your spirit. Be because we have too many people that are falling away all because people are keeping their mouth shut. And then too often we keep our mouth shut and then months, years later, we wish we would have spoke up. Amen? This is not a moment where we say, help us, Lord. No, we say, help me, God. Help me, Lord, to do the right thing. Help me, Lord, to speak up at the right time. Help me, Lord, that I can help my brothers and my sisters. So it goes on to say, when one member falls into sin, we do not just ignore it. We address it and help minister to that member. The Apostle Paul wrote in Galatians 6.1, Brother, if a man be overtaken in a fault, you which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. The foundation of successful community starts with the love of God, the love of God that is in our hearts. As the body of Christ, we learn to love one another and work together as one, one body through Christian fellowship. Because when we get that, we can understand using our individual gifts in the body. See, each member of the body, as we move on to part three, each member of the body has received gifts from God, uniquely designed to serve the kingdom of God. As we reflect on how God has equipped us, we find new opportunities to use our gifts in his service. Now, this is important because as the pastor of this church, it is my job to make sure that I give opportunities and allow room for the fivefold ministry. What is the fivefold ministry? Apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, and who else? Evangelists. The five-fold ministry should be an operation in an apostolic church. You have to give room for that, at least you're supposed to, and use good wisdom on who those people are that step onto our platform. All right? So with that being said, we must understand the giftings that God has given unto certain men and women in here in this church and understand the giftings uh, that were in operation even this weekend. The gifting that was on Brother Hurt was a prophetic anointing. He had a prophetic gifting upon him. There are many prophets that are of God. There are many prophets that are not of God. And see, the thing is, is why many people are so leery of prophets is because the world showcases their false prophets. You don't, it, it doesn't take long to find a false prophet. Just open up YouTube right now and you'll find one just like that. All right? You, you'll never find me up here going like this. If you want God's spirit to just blow over you, stand up. <sighs> the water that I drank is so anointed. If you drink this water, you will be healed because I drank it too. The devil is a lie. But pull up YouTube, you're going to find many false prophets just like that. I've seen situations where they just start, you thought it was coming out, didn't you, Robert? You trust me, huh? If I'd have did that over here, he would have jumped. There's false prophets that, that just, oh, yeah. 
miracle healed. Taking off their jacket, <laughs> slapping people with it. And then it's your job to fall down then. You, you messed it up. You were supposed to fall. Okay? But, but wait, don't fall unless you got 15 people behind you because you know it's all a, it's all a hoax anyway. And, and, and so because of that, many people don't believe in the anointing or the office of a prophet. It's been around since the beginning of time, folks. Just go read the book of Jeremiah. False prophets were everywhere, but Jeremiah was the prophet of God. And God said, those prophets, I didn't send them. They're not from me. You are my man. And what you say, that's what's going to happen. So that's why you got to understand. That's why you need a godly man, a godly, a godly example, a godly voice in your life. When you have somebody that you know is anointed of God, gifted of God, and follows the leading of the Holy Ghost. And follows the leading of the Holy Ghost. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Paul said, if I get off track, you better stop following me. When you have somebody that is godly in your life and that follows the leading of his spirit, you stay with that man. You respect that man. You honor that man. Amen. Brother Hurt had a, a prophetic anointing upon his life. Now, you must understand, when someone has a prophetic anointing on their life, they foretell things, and they also speak to what the situation is at hand. Right. That anointing goes both ways. Are y'all still with me? That anointing goes both ways. This is important for us to understand because as I bring in fivefold ministry, we must understand the fivefold ministry. Otherwise, you would get lost in it, you, you will misunderstand it, or you won't believe it. All right? Because when a true prophet, a man of God speaks into your life, you better believe that right there. You better hold on to that word, whether it's for in the moment right now or something that's going to take place. All right? And if there's any doubt or any confusion that comes to you, then that's when you go to your man of God to help you understand what has been said because God is not the author of confusion. So therefore, if we are confused at any moment, if anybody says anything to you, then the devil has the pen in his hand because if God's not the author of it, then who else is the author? So then that's when you come to your man of God to make sure, I know I'm off my notes right now, but can I talk to you? This is when you talk to your man of God to make sure that there's no confusion there. All right? We can pray for clarity and understanding if there is a misunderstanding. I've told people if that prophet is still here, go talk to him. He's the one that told you. Go talk to him. Now, I do not encourage people calling up a prophet, texting him, messaging him on Facebook and Instagram. Hey, you was at my church three weeks ago and you said this. And no, 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 no. Uh -uh. We don't do that here at Star City Church. Are you with me? We don't do that here at Star City. Praise God. That's why you have a man of God here in place that you come to and we can pray about it and talk about that situation. Are you hearing me, church? Okay. So, so there, there's prophets that foretell. Jeremiah was foretelling. This is what's coming. You're going to be in bondage. You're going to serve Nebuchadnezzar. Matter of fact, God said, get comfortable. Well, those are Eddie Robinson words. But he told him, build houses. Go ahead and prepare your, your, your vineyards. Go ahead and have children. In Eddie Robinson language, go ahead and get comfortable. Y'all going to be here for a while. You're going to be in bondage for 70 years. You're going to serve Babylon. Jeremiah was telling them this is what's to come. Are you with me? But then there's other prophets like Nathan who came to David and said, hey, hey, David, let me tell you a story. 
There was a king that had everything. He had everything he wanted. He didn't need nothing. And here comes his little old buddy. He had one little ewe lamb. He just had one little ewe lamb. And, he, and the king who could have had anything he wanted, he took the little ewe lamb from this young man. He took his only lamb that he had. That's all he had, and he took it from him for his own. And many of you know the story, but King David gets upset. He says, who is this man? Show me this man. He's going to restore unto him. I forget how many fold it was. He's going to restore unto him everything and more. Who is this man? Nathan said, you're the man. Thou art the man. See, sometimes a prophet will tell you what's happening in the moment as well. Are you with me, church? So we must understand the anointing that can be on a prophet of God because if they're a true prophet of God, well, first of all, it will come to pass. Secondly, they will be able to speak into your life about things that you know no one else knows but you and God. Are you with me? Amen. Now, as your pastor, that is part of my responsibility to make sure that I watch, that I listen, that I pay attention to people that, who we consider prophets of God to make sure that there is a kindred spirit between me and them before I allow them the microphone in their hand and then they speak over people's lives. Amen. It's my job to, to, to see that. And then if, if I make a mistake as a man of God, then it's my job to get up and say, that was a mistake. Whatever he told you, erase it right now. That's my job. But when we know that there is an anointing upon someone, whatever that anointing may be, then we're going to allow them to operate in that anointing. Why? Because we're an apostolic church and we need the five-fold ministry in this church. Are you with me? Well, I sure hope you're staying with me right now. Because this is important. Because many of you have different gifts that God has given unto you. And I'm telling you, the more we have the fivefold ministry in operation in this church, the more that God is going to bring things out of each one of you that has already been birthed, been planted there in your spirit. Because there's some things that are in you that need to be birthed out of you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Because I'm telling you, I'm feeling a great anointing that is in this house, that's in this place. And many of you have gifts in your life. And I'm telling you, God is saying, come on, let's move. Let's, let's allow that to be birthed. Let's allow that to come on out. Because God is speaking to your heart. You know God has given you a word. And sometimes that word is not just for you. It could be for the body. Are you with me? Sometimes God will give you a word. That's not just for you. That could be for the body as well. And there's certain gifts that could be upon each and every last one of you young people, a lot of you middle-aged and older, that God is trying to birth out of you. Why? For the edifying of the body of Christ. Amen. That's what it's for. Because when it's done the right way in the right spirit, it's not going to glorify you. It's going to glorify God. Amen. Right? You, it's going to glorify him. Hallelujah. That's what it's about right there, the glorification of him where he receives the glory. God is worthy. Are you with me, church? Amen. Okay, if you're with me, I'm going to stay on this subject for a little while longer. Right now, there is no reason why this church should lack in spiritual gifts. There is no, re I'm going to say it again, there is no reason why this church should lack in spiritual gifts. All right? I'm telling you, there are people in this church that have the gift of healing upon them. There are people in this church that have certain gifts on their life.
that I know God has already been dealing with you about, and many of you have exercised it at one time, and for whatever reason, it has stopped. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. We may not get back to these papers. We may just operate here in the spirit for a moment. But, 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 but I'm telling you, there are spiritual gifts that should not lack in this church. There is a great anointing upon the people in this church. This is a great church, an anointed church. That's what makes this church so great. It is the love of God, and it is the anointing of God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I don't know what it is. I don't know what's been hindering you from moving. I don't know what it may be or speaking up, but I'm telling you that God is moving upon people, upon individuals. I hope I'm not getting too deep tonight, but I want to challenge you in the Holy Ghost that as you're going even through this 52-day fast, that God begins to deal with your heart and move upon your mind and say, Lord, allow the gifting of your spirit to flow through me. Whether it be inside the four walls, whether it be in your home, whatever the case may be. And I believe that's why many of you are going through certain trouble and tribulation right now. I believe that. That's why many people are going through certain situations, personally, family reasons, whatever the case may be, because the enemy wants to haunt or stalk, excuse me, your development in the spirit. But the devil's a liar, my friend. Are you hearing me? I said the devil's a liar. I said the devil's a liar. There's, there's too much, Sister Justice, there's too much, uh, too much anointing on your life. Are you hearing me? There's way too much anointing on your life for you to come here every service. And I know you feel the power of God moving upon you and speaking to your heart and, ex and, 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 and telling you, I want you to go lay hands upon Sister Bollinger and I want you to move upon her because you may not know the entire situation. But God is moving on you to do it and you move and you lay hands upon her and you just don't know the healing virtue that can flow through you right into this dear sister because you don't know what she's dealing with at that time. And that's just one example. That's just one thing. I'm telling you, the giftings of God is in this church. And it's upon the elderly and it's upon our young people. I know it is. It's upon our young people. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Can, 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 let, let, me, let, me, let, let me share something with you, Sister Beth. Let me, let me just share something with you. I forget who told me. It was Brother Wright. That's who it was. Brother Wright shared something with me uh, the, the other day, and he was sharing with me how on Saturday he began to say how he's seen angels. He said, man, I've seen thousands of angels. I could literally see them. And then he began to say what they were doing and, and moving here and there. I said, Brother Wright, when you sing that, you need to tell me that. That needs to be something that you share with me. Let me decide whether it is for you or for the church. Amen. Let me decide that. Because some things are just for you. But through discernment, we're going to understand, no, this is for the body of Christ. See, here's the thing. Here's the power. Here's the, here's the power in this, Brother Whitaker. Because, see, Brother Wright didn't know that someone else that doesn't go to this church, that is a missionary's wife, came up to me on Saturday and said the same thing that he said. Exact same words. She came up to me and said, Pastor, 
I want to tell you that I seen thousands of angels. They were in this place on Saturday. And she said, then I seen the thousands of angels being released north, south, east, and west. And she said those angels were being released because they were ministering angels to bring deliverance all across this county because they got to be sent somewhere. And I believe Star City Church is going to be that place where God brings them. Hallelujah. See, it was in that moment I used discernment to say that was something just for me. Thank you, sister. I received that. But then when he told me the same thing, a couple days later, I said, no, that was for the body. That should have been shared sooner to the body because out of the mouth of two or three, let everything be established. So I'm telling you, church, I know this is a Wednesday night Bible class. I'm not trying to get you all excited or riled up. And I know a lot of us had long days, but I'm telling you, we need to get ready because revival is here. Revival is here. Harvest is here. It is here. We must be ready to receive what God has for us. Amen. Praise God. Because each one of us have a gift and we're uniquely designed to serve in the body of Christ. Why? Because each one of you matter. Every one of you matter. By the help of the Lord, we will continue to operate in the fivefold ministry. And many of us will be expanded and we will grow. Because without it, there's no growth. There's no unity. According to the scripture. We must have it. We must operate in it. First of all, we must believe in it. You have to believe in it and operate in it. Because change are breaking. People are changing. Walls are falling. People are being healed. People are being set free. People are being delivered. It's happening. You may not see it, but it's happening. Well, what about me, preacher? What about my situation? What about my family? I said it's happening. I'm not just talking about beyond, uh, just beyond these four walls. I'm talking about your home. I'm talking about your life. I'm talking about your situation. I'm talking about what's keeping you up at night right now. I'm talking about the things that you're dealing with. It's happening. It's happening. Are you hearing me, church? It's happening. Let's lift our hands unto the Lord right now. Let's magnify the name of Jesus. Come on, let's just magnify the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, now magnify him not because you're asked to, but because something within you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord.
Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We want to see God do the miraculous in our community. We want to see him do the miraculous in our families. In order for that to happen, down at the bottom I write, we must become established and grounded within the local body of believers. Church, we need the church. Don't think you can just do this all by yourself. Don't try to start your own church in, in your house. Don't, don't become your own pastor. Church, you need the church. We need one another. I was sharing with our noonday Bible class. You know, if someone was to ask us, man, you going to church again? Weren't you just at church on Sunday? Weren't you just at church last Sunday? You, you got to go to church that much? You don't understand the importance of being a part of the body. You don't understand the importance of being part of the body. Even when I don't want to be here, I want to be here. Because I know I need this place. I need to be in the presence of the Lord. I need to be around my brothers and sisters. When I come to church, I still don't come to church begrudgingly. And I've been raised in this thing my whole life. I don't get in my car saying, man, I got to go to church. And I pray that never happens to me. That's why I enjoyed when I wasn't in a position. I enjoyed it. Because I didn't need a position to get me to come to church. I didn't need to be the pastor to show up at church. I didn't need to be the one to unlock the doors to show up to church. I didn't need to be the one to make sure everything was set up to come to church. No, I was just glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. It didn't matter. It didn't matter. We should want to be in the presence of God. We should want to be in church. You should want to be here. Matter of fact, I was upset when I had to miss Why? Because it's important to be a part of the body of Christ. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. And I feel him speaking to hearts right now. I'm not going to belabor this anymore. But I feel him speaking to people's hearts today. I know a lot of our children are going back to school this week. We're here very soon. Just because they're going back to an environment that may be ungodly, they shouldn't lose their godliness. Why not this year? 
for everybody this school year, the remainder of this calendar year, we walk in a holy boldness that we've never walked in before. How about we be unapologetic that I am a child of God, that I believe on the Lord Jesus Christ? How about I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ? Paul said, it is the power of God unto salvation. How about this year we walk in that? We believe in that. And there's nothing that's going to stop me from trusting in the Lord.